welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number 54. I am very good at that, let's be honest. I am. <laughs> That's not easy. You try and say no nonsense nutrition very quickly. It's not that easy. Um, and I am saying I did come up with that brand. So, you know, it's my baby. But it's like, it's really a mouthful to say. So, and when you try to introduce a podcast, plus when the pressure's on, it's not easy. So, um, no. So, uh, welcome, Fran. Thank you very much. Hello. Co- is this... Uh, no, it's not your first episode as a coach now, is it? Because obviously you did the one uh, where we re-interviewed you for the second time. Yeah, so second episode as a coach. Yeah, the sole episode I wasn't on, actually. It's my only yeah. what, only missing attendance. Only one out of 54. Some would say it's the best episode. Well. <laughs> I wouldn't. But <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so hello. And hello for our super hello. special guest today, Kate McDade. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Right. Just so nice to be on, guys. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> no, no, you're welcome. I know, um, and I will take full responsibility for this because I've been trying to get you on for ages, and I've just not pulled my finger out and organised it. But we're here, so we're gonna we're gonna park that so nice. now and forget that ever happened. <laughs> so, um, right. Well, uh, let's go back to France for a second. Fran, what have you been up to this week? Because we like to catch up with the coaches just to make sure people are aware what they're doing. Yeah, so this week has been big for me because I finished my final exam of my undergrad, so I am now free from exams and free from uni for an entire summer, which is Amazing. really nice. It's just been um, kind of finding stuff to do with my time, really, which isn't a bad a bad problem to have. <laughs> I'm sure that can't be too hard. Yeah, no, it's not been too hard. <laughs> what have you been doing? Uh, trained quite a bit, been out for drinks quite a bit. Um, and yeah, just enjoyed having, I don't know, more sleep, less stress and yeah, just more time to chill a bit. Less stress is a good thing because, you know, stress, yeah. cortisol, stops your weight loss. Um, Pretty yeah, messy. planning down a kilo or two now because <laughs> the weight's just going to dispel. Oh, of course. Although if you were at the James Krieger conference, You'll see. Mm-hmm. You'll see what he said about cortisol and cortisol-related water uh, retention, which potentially not actually been a thing. Oh, which was quite amazing, actually. So, we so you 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 should know this, actually, Fran, because I don't I don't blame you, Kate, if you haven't listened. But last week before <laughs> last episode, when me yeah. and Johnny went through optimizing your hormones for fat loss, mm-hmm. we did yeah. talk about this. So if you, even, yeah. so I'm, I'm assuming you you listened, obviously. Um, so what you're telling me is the extra kilo I gained during exams wasn't down to water weight. It might not be. I I would say there's <laughs> def- definitely some evidence suggests that it might be due with stress eating. I don't know. I can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, who knows? The thing is, like, obviously we could do a whole podcast on that, but I think the evidence on stress eating is mixed anyway, isn't it, in terms of some people do, some people don't. Mm-hmm. So, as in some people don't eat at all under stress. So. Yeah. But anyway, let's... Let's, let's move on from that. So, okay, cool. Well, obviously, you're now back with a vengeance then. Yeah. Cool. Cool. My favourite word. Um, so, Kate, hello. Yes. Um, hello. 
we'll get into what you've done this week. But first off, for anyone that doesn't know you, because there'll be plenty of people or listeners that will know you, um, obviously through like maybe the MNU crew, etc., etc. But let's find out a bit about you for the people that don't know you. So who are you? And yeah, just tell us a, a little bit about your background. Yeah, so um, I am a health and performance, performance even nutritionist based in Dublin, Ireland. Um, I did my master's in Loughborough University in sports and exercise nutrition. Um, and then I received an internship with Mac Nutrition where I worked for just under two years um, as where I progressed to senior health and performance nutritionist and then I've since moved my arse back to Ireland where I have my own nutrition consultancy now called Nutricate um, and I'm currently working with oh, uh, an array of clients. I'm actually very blessed uh, from elite athletes to kind of those in the corporate sector to individual athlete or individual clients um, looking to lose a little bit of weight or improve their health. Um, so it's mixed. Um, all ages too so it's nice no no two days are, are the same um no clients oh france had enough of my <laughs> of my chat she just she, left she just disappeared <laughs> no she, she well let's hope it's wi-fi issues <laughs> um <laughs> carry on don't worry she'll be back uh, um yeah so that's kind of day-to-day i i work quite a lot um with teams um, at the moment, actually, uh, they'd be kind of like my biggest client base. Um, so, yeah, that's the crack with me. That's what I do. <laughs> cool. Good. No, well, obviously, that's where I know you from. Obviously, from yeah. from Mac Nutrition and obviously uh, MNU. So, obviously, part of the MNU family still. Um, so, I, what, what kind of got you into nutrition in the first place then? So, uh, obviously, you've got, I know you've got a history of kind of like basketball and, and that type yeah. of stuff. Is that where it came from or kind of like what made you go to university in Loughborough and, and study it there? Yeah, so I, I yeah, as you said, I, I've played um, competitive sports since I was probably about 12 years of age, that being basketball. I was very, very fortunate I got to, to travel with this and through through competing at an, an kind of a high level, um, you know, I was introduced to... Um, nutritionists over over that period and stuff like that but it wasn't really until um, we have like a transition year I don't know if you guys do it in the UK but it's like basically some schools you have to do it other schools you don't in our school you have to do it and basically it's um, we had to do a two-week placement um, and I just happened to go with the nutritionist um, and I used to be really bold in school. <laughs> um, well, not bold, like I wasn't a terrible kid, but I just had no interest. Like I was like, oh, hey, Fran, <laughs> she's back. <laughs> um, but she, but anyway, I, you know, couldn't really, I didn't, I don't know, I wasn't one for the books really until I spent two weeks with this nutritionist. I was like, oh my God, like I'm, actually paying attention like this is actually really interesting like I think this is something that I could do like I could see the importance of um of nutrition anyway through sport um, and I always kind of would have been you know would have taken pride in what I ate and you know I made a conscious effort um always but it wasn't until I actually got exposed to kind of you know she was given health talks at the time uh, to bus drivers actually but I listened to her do the same talk, I don't know how many times, and each time I was happy as Larry sitting and listening to her and, like, you know, 
uh, seeing her interact with the different drivers and they answering their different questions and it was just for me like yeah something I was like completely um in awe with so I was like that was at the age of 15 so I was very fortunate that I knew at that age like yes this is what I want to do and then I knew if I was to do that I'd need to get my act together so I actually started paying attention doing some work in school instead of just trying to pick up different sports to get out of school um so yeah I got my act together and I actually did food science in my undergrad and then went on and did my master's as I said in in Loughborough. Your your company Nutricate focuses a yeah. lot on team sports um and I said obviously you're quite blessed to have like a massively wide range or um what's the, what's the word I'm looking for like mixture of stuff, like an eclectic mix of clients, I suppose, is the word I'm looking for. Um, on the ticks, obviously, today we really wanted to focus on team sports because it's like quite a yeah. really, really cool topic. Um, something that a lot of general pop pace. Obviously, you might just get your average Joe playing football on a Sunday, um, or you might get, without being sound too sexist, but women playing netball or basketball. Uh, <laughs> just any, you know, kind of any, any type of team sports, or you might have like the the really really feminine people like Ed playing hockey. So, um, <laughs> we. Uh, right. what, what, what So when it, when it comes to, like team sports, without going to like really really deep on it, but what are kind of like, yeah. the main considerations you kind of see or or, or think for people to, who kind of competes in it? Yeah. So, well, at the moment, kind of the teams that I am working with, it's all elite level. So um, I'm working with like an under 16 Irish team, um, girls. So, you know, that age group is going to be different to say the men's um, county uh, Gaelic football team that I'm working with. And I'm working with a ladies county football team too. So they're all three, very all elite, but different clientele, so mm. to speak. So, um it's actually very surprising, like, you know, like any group of people, like, yes, they are a team, but they're a group of individual people, like, that no two people are going home to the same environment. So, um, you know, some people will be naturally more kind of tuned in or maybe have more exposure to working with a nutritionist or a dietitian before, um, others starting from scratch. Um, so you're kind of one thing that I always have to do is you know set the playing field the same so making sure that you really are going back to basics and and people know the basics and understand the basics because they're so like as I said they are a group of people so they're going to have the same you know um they will have come across the same sort of misconceptions they have you know some odd beliefs um sometimes um and it is amazing how many people, even though they're athletes at an elite level, still don't really have a good what to be doing, um, particularly when it comes to fueling and recovery. Um, so, yeah, so definitely want to start from... Uh, from the basics and make sure you're building everyone up together like some people might be like oh Jesus I know this like you know whatever but for most of them they won't um, and even the people who think they do that you'll see you'll find that they're like oh actually <laughs> I didn't know that um, so so yeah so you just really want to make sure that any kind of um, more of the general information that you're giving out to the team um, you know it's stuff that they can all relate to and they understand and make sense and mm. um, so you want to you give them the kind of foundation to build upon that so so things mean something to them yeah sure uh, I, I always remember like one of the first 
uh, nutrition conferences, they had Lloyd Parker, obviously the yeah. was he at the time Everton, and the stories he was he he was telling some crazy stories about obviously um, absolute elite level like Premiership footballers where you just would not believe the like the habits that they've kind of developed and, and stuck with. You think in this day and age, in terms of how advanced science is, you would think that they yeah. kind of they're all doing the the most optimal processes or protocols, but they're just not crazy yeah no it is meant like because even it depends on the mindset too like you have you're dealing with people as well who are have gotten to the elite stages and they're very much set in their ways like they're like oh but i know this works for me and i'm i'm where i am and stuff it's it's trying to get them to see past that's like okay fair enough this may be working for you but we can take this up a notch like you can actually be better or you can feel better and um, so it's trying to get that buy-in so um yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, each kind of athlete you work with is going to be slightly different in how you approach that then. Um, yeah, because you don't want to come in and make them feel like you're going to turn everything upside down because as well, they're getting paid to play and they're getting paid really, really well, like in terms of, uh, you know, soccer. Um, so the la like they might have a little bit of apprehension because they're like, I don't want you to come in and make me play like crap. <laughs> so, you know. People are set in their ways, so it's trying to make them see the the bigger picture. If there is definite work to or areas to improve on, yeah. Uh, obviously, I know you're you're talking from your company perspective about working with elite level people, but obviously, a lot of our listeners are more general pop. So, yeah, I guess what if if although we've obviously said everyone's individual, even team to team will be will be different. So, as you said, the ladies, um, what team was it? Sorry, did you say was it? What so I'm working with um, the Dublin senior ladies team in Gaelic football. Gaelic football, that's and it. Then yeah, um, a men's well, the Longford senior men's football team too. Gaelic yeah, football. Yeah. So I guess it, even though they might be different in terms of protocols, but is there anything that kind of like generically you would say these are like the the foundations? Say to say right, this this is kind of how we would approach nutrition, just to give some people some support in their sport, whatever it might be. Yeah. So. Um, you know, it kind of sounds, I almost feel like so basic, <laughs> but like things like making sure that you are sleeping enough um, in terms of recovery, that's so important in terms of how you're mm. thinking and um, concentration and um, mood, like um, that's going to have a massive impact on, on how you perform um, no matter what sport you play. Um, so nailing that hydration is an easy thing that people can change and and optimize you know so keeping an eye on on the color of your urine uh, you know is it light yellow are you drinking enough water are you making sure that fluid is part of your recovery um like that's two basic things that we all have access to we don't you know it's nothing crazy um and then from a dive perspective it's like as I said, nailing the basics, like getting day-to-day, you're looking to eat, you know, uh, nutrient-dense foods for the most part, um, you know, carbohydrates, uh, particularly pre- and post, post-training, well, obviously sport-dependent on how much or whatever you need, but um, uh, kind of making sure that the, the foundations of your of your diet are are as they should be because often people look like oh I've seen this supplement like uh, will I go for this blah 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 and I'm like let's look at at everything else first mm-hmm. like that's going to have the biggest impact um, and then supplements are the extra 
percent here and there, you know. Um, and sometimes I mightn't mightn't be needed again, sport dependent, level dependent, things like that. So, um, yeah, my, you know, I suppose if we're going back to to basics as well, like you know, making sure you have enough protein in your diet. Like, are you getting protein in your meal after training? Like, I've met plenty of athletes who might just have a bowl of fruit after training, um, and that could be a pitch session, you know, where they've they've been out and about or a gym session and um, they're looking to to improve body comp or strength and, and they're not doing the correct correct things after. So um, really if the basics and doing them well is a really, really massive bonus um, and sounds so, so simple, but it's amazing how many people, no matter what level you are, don't, don't do mm-hmm. it. So just not to be on just going back to the carbohydrates thing, so if we mm-hmm. if we take it back to not elite people necessarily, and more to maybe general pop stuff that might also have uh, weight management goals, uh, yeah. kind of outside of whatever sport they play. So, how, how, what are your thoughts on like carbohydrate fueling for team sports? If yeah, so- if, if, if I'm sorry, just 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 to cover, just obviously if they're obviously still considering having like say weight management goals or weight or probably weight loss goals, say. Kind of breaking up. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, back. does that make sorry. sense? <laughs> so say that again. So, um, yeah. if so, someone's involved yeah. in team sports, like, yeah, I just want to just check. Like, I just am like interested to see what your thoughts are about how you would, or what your thoughts on someone using like a carbohydrate fueling protocol for their team sport, assuming it's a hobby, mm-hmm. um, when they've also got like weight loss goals as well outside of that team sport. Yeah, so I suppose it depends on what uh, approach they they want to take. Um, like usually, I'd say whether they're calorie counting or ma- tracking their macros or whatever. Um, and even if they're not, I'd usually say you know pre and post um, training because I suppose the benefit of being well fueled, irrespective of what level you're at, um, and from a weight loss perspective, is the harder you train, like the the more you get out of it, so the better it's going to be for your overall goal of weight loss. Um, so I would definitely try. Well, I try to you know get them to include carbohydrates like a, a decent portion uh, in the meal before and the meal after so then you know they're feeling good going into their session um and it's not necessarily going to um undo any any of their weight loss or undermine it from that perspective um and that you know that's something that's a guideline you can give someone who doesn't even want to track you know so um it kind of helps if you're limiting carbohydrates which essentially you're limiting a car a calorie source um to one period of the day um, pre and post training it's one way that they can manage the calorie intake without having to track mm. um so and they're you know they feel decent going in um and and things like that um so yeah that would be kind of a rule of thumb i would i would look to inc- incorporate and include so say someone was playing a match kind of in the evening time would that look something like um having like a breakfast that was predominantly proteins and fats and then building in the carbohydrates towards the end of the day is that sort of uh yeah so you could work it that way maybe in terms of a match then we could look to so if it was say a 7 p.m start um maybe we'd look to how well definitely their last kind of uh, pre-match meal three to four two to four hours depending on preference before uh, throwing kickoff whatever it is um, and then maybe you're looking to get like breakfast might even be uh, you know you could add maybe a bit more carbs in there just because it's game day and um, you know you're you're probably going to 
um, expend a lot more energy on a game day versus maybe training. Um, so yeah, you could probably look to increase carbohydrates on um, on training day. So because you usually have maybe two meals before a game, um, so if if you include carbohydrates in those two meals, it's probably not a bad idea. Whereas it's just the pre-match meal and then um, you're going to have a high carbohydrate snack maybe 60 to 30 minutes before kickoff or whatever the sport might be. Cool. I guess um, the reason I want to just kind of dig a little deeper into that is because we've often had conversations around when it, when performance isn't like the priority number one. So obviously I guess from an elite athlete yeah. performance is, but for yeah. gen pop and weight loss is kind of, if that is their main goal, We've talked. We've kind of had debates before, really, around how important it is really to do do any kind of like carbohydrate loading protocol because although it will increase performance, if it undermines the weight loss because you're then yeah. overeating on calories, etc., because you've basically used up all of your calorie budget, to kind of fuel them for a max day. That's kind of yeah. like the interesting part and in how you manage it. So I just kind of want to see what your thoughts were, really. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I suppose from my perspective, I said from the elite side, like, yeah, I need my athletes to perform irrespective of body comp. Um, but, yeah, it's, I suppose it's, it depends on the the individual too. Like, do you know, how much do they really care about how well they play mm. in local league or whatever? Do you know, like, like personally, like, just the competitive, competitive person I am, like, I want to go out and smash it every time I play against someone else. Um, well, and I'm not elite uh, anymore. So, do you know, it will depend. Some people mightn't that mightn't bother them using their allowance or, you know, manipulating calories in some shape or form so they get to eat a bit more so they play a bit better. But but yeah, it's um I suppose yeah, it's down to down to the person how much how quickly as well they want to get to their their uh, their weight loss goal. Sure, sure. I mean do how do you kind of deal with the challenge of predicting like the exact game demands for individual? Because I guess like sports as well vary so much. Yeah, massively. Um, and positions and things like that, mm. you know. So it's whatever about the sport, you've got then 15 players on the field and not all of them are going to cover the same distance or whatever. So um, so it depends, um, I suppose. Elite level, it depends on how elite the team is. Like some of the teams I work with, they've GPS trackers. So um, I get to see how, like the work rate of someone distances that they're covering. So it makes my job a little bit easier than kind of, guessing um like i you can use math values and things like that which i um i have used to kind of help myself predict um so yeah i um i usually go uh i suppose if we're general kind of population and those involved in team sports and um, you'd probably make like a general allowance so um again it depends on um if we're talking talking weight loss client um i might you know, get them into a de- keep keep them in their deficit uh, by purposely underestimating the amount of calories they're going to burn. Um, but they still are getting extra calories, so everyone's happy. Um, but yeah, it 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 does feel like it's. I suppose chatting then as well using the team I work with, so the S and C, and you know, hearing their thoughts because obviously they're working very closely with the athletes and you know they they'd have a good understanding for the amount of how um kind of how much exertion they've been put under and things like that so working closely with people who can help and can give you an insight and and then you're just you're hoping to just figure out sweet spots then with people and the more you get to know them the more you get to watch them things like that Mm -hmm. so um yeah what 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 about the the 
challenges for getting like athletes to like care then so obviously moving away from like general recommendations you're going to have people that like you say either thought uh, the, the bit you said around like oh elite laf- athletes that say well it works for me like those types of yeah. individuals That's, ha- what do you actually do to kind of get them to take on your your advice obviously ever to be an evidence-based mm, like it like no, don't get me wrong like it can be difficult like and there's some players who just you know they're hard work like mm. <laughs> Um, so sometimes it's a case of like you know a team might like they might be saying the exact same information that you've given them they happen to be you know have a lot more buy-in and they're filtering back the information to to the person who's not really convinced um or it's a case that you know they need to see kind of the evidence of what you're saying and that could be through okay well like your man over here is actually doing what she said to do and it's working um so maybe there's something in it um and it's kind of even if you can kind of chip away like you know start really small and get one basic thing and as soon as they kind of see something positive from it you know your job gets a lot easier um but i think ultimately like if the if the management and the rest of your team are on board with you that definitely makes makes life easier do you know like mm-hmm. um you're not just coming in and trying to stand your ground against x amount of people um i think it, it really really helps if you've got a supportive network and thankfully any team that i've worked with thus far far have been extremely supportive um like my management team um and have made my life easier so um there's usually as well kind of like um like a leadership team amongst a team um so even like they'd usually help with um buying and stuff but then again you need to earn their respect and you need to earn their buy-in so obviously like you're never going to walk in anyway um even if people or even if um athletes are are um open to the idea of nutrition support uh, you do there's a bit of earning um respect her and things like that anyway so yeah. that, um, that reminds me of the story martin told around i can't whatever football club which obviously the ones he's worked at um i can't remember which one he said it was now but one of the players saying just all clearly showing he didn't want to be here he's been sent here by the manager and he ended up just telling him like okay well you like to drink let's try and find what your favorite yeah. alcohol is all the best alcohol we can get you to to still get smashed on the saturday night about brewing and obviously all of your, your nutrition so yeah and I, was, I guess that's a that's always a cool story it stands in my mind around kind of gaining buy-in from people because all of a sudden it's like hang on a minute this guy's quite cool you know he's, yeah, not, exactly. he's, he's not a stuck-up nutritionist telling me i should eat chicken broccoli and rice and he's actually letting me drink alcohol that's cool yeah exactly so you you do want to like it's definitely rapport building too is a massive one so even like you know taking time to even think that okay i actually know he's interested in and going out on Saturday night getting smashed take like you know, use that initiative to like like that's kind of common ground and you're you know you're chatting something that they actually want to chat about and you know it helps helps build a nice rapport between you and the athlete and then you look to kind of build from that and you know dig a little bit deeper and they like you want to kind of stick by you too and you know um, and trust you a bit more I guess mm-hmm. so yeah do you, have you come across any challenges for, um, I suppose, like people believing myths? So, like one, I think Fran, one you you kind of used before was myths busting, like kids that shouldn't have weight, etc. So, kind of you come kind of across any challenges like that you've had to then kind of deal with? Yeah, like uh, you do. I 
I'm trying to think of so I'll, if one pops into my head I'll I'll share it. but there definitely has been a few occasions where I'm like oh okay mm. <laughs> you're still you still believe in this nonsense um, and in that situation like usually I find that if you can you know explain why you're saying differently um, and you know give kind of um, a very comprehensive response um, you know but usually it's fine like mm -hmm. you know this is why you think this this is why people might have thought this and this is why it isn't the case um, so I have had way I've had um, you know parents uh, worried about the kids eating too many eggs like things like that and um, what else There's, I always tend to be with athletes BCAAs Especially gym goes. Oh, like, yeah. Always very, BCAAs. Very yeah, really calm. They're like, uh, I actually had that recently. She was like, oh, should I be taking BCAAs? Like, my friend said, that's really good. Her friend's actually a nutritionist as well. She was like, and I was giving a team talk to, to this particular team, like just a, a once-off 90-minute seminar. And uh, she was like asking me questions at the end, and one of them was BCAAs. And I was like, don't even bother. Like, um, And she was like, do you know, everything you said, um, <laughs> my friend... Uh, said the opposite of today and her friend was studying nutrition I felt so bad I was like oh well <laughs> if she ever wants a chance and I'll help steer in the right direction um, but yeah she was like but thanks so much I learned so much I was like oh <laughs> well pass on the pass on the news to your friend um, nicely please <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah so BCAAs is a big one even protein I actually had someone come up to me very very apprehensive about he, actually he won't take creatine um, so again, he thinks it's going to uh, cause damage to his kidneys. Is what he's worried about. So again, like in that instance, it, as well, you don't ever want to put something on top. Like you know, I w in that instance, I will explain why I think it's a positive move. And um, sometimes you can send a research paper, and they can do their own, like you know, make up their own mind. Um, but as well, I I wouldn't be like here, mate. Like you actually have to take this, and um, it's very much at the end of the day up. To, you can advise them as best you can, um, and you hope that you know what you say will convince them and they can understand why you're saying what you're saying um, and the kind of research behind that but at the end of the day I don't I don't think it's good again looking at the bigger picture like how is that going to affect our relationship as a nutritionist athlete like is that going to put up a wall as opposed to so you do kind of have to there's only so much you can do mm -hmm. and as well kind of going back to people sorry um they're like buying and stuff like that or people who just have a really negative outlook on nutrition or don't really see the value in it which sounds a bit crazy now because it's such uh you know everyone's it almost feels like everyone's obsessed with fitness and nutrition at the moment but that's not not the reality really um and in that instance um like there's only so many people you can help as well and you have to be okay with that like um you know, you can give every avenue, you, you can try every approach with someone. And if they're not really in the headspace or they don't really give a shit full stop, mm. you know, it's you have to be okay that, you know, you've you've done what you can and okay, they they aren't doing but like look at everyone else who's you know, who's on the right path and, you know, it doesn't doesn't make you any less of a practitioner and yeah, so you just have to be okay with that too and not just get too bogged down with that because I know it can be difficult sometimes you're like oh but I've tried everything like why isn't this person doing it like some people just don't give a shit and yeah there's things out there that we don't give a crap about <laughs> nutrition obviously isn't one of them but um we can see the importance in it and obviously we love what we do so we're obviously going to enjoy it but 
some people just aren't there yet so um you can do your best but you can't always help everyone yeah totally no it's not not everyone's always on that like motivation to change scale at, uh, at the top end a lot of people think they're I think there might be an eight or a nine, but in reality there are one or two because their actions are to do something different. So, exactly, exactly. So, I was say, um, you mentioned <laughs> as a supplement that you might want to recommend um, for someone playing team sports, just for anyone um, that maybe doesn't know what the benefits of creatine might be in the team sport environment and see it as maybe like um, a supplement for like a bodybuilder or something. Yeah. Are the benefits of creatine in team sports and what else would you recommend supplement? Yeah, great. Um, yeah, so creatine, um, team sport, um, I suppose the reason I'd recommend it is it just reduces time to fatigue between shuttle runs. So, um, you know, you're, it adds to strength and power too. So um, it's just a positive thing to have for, for the athletes I work with. Um, and that's, kind of you know just helping them do what they do um a bit better so um definitely think it's um it's a good one uh i suppose generally like a healthy individual is a, a a better athlete so um i suppose from that perspective i'd normally recommend uh, fish oils if they don't uh, eat maybe fish more than oily fish more than four times per week um, and and vitamin d particularly well in ireland like England's not as bad, but Ireland's very bad for the sun. <laughs> Although we've been lucky of late. Um, so that's an, another one, really. Uh, whey protein, um, I suppose, yeah. It, well, um, I remember working at Mac Nutrition, it was always very much a performance food, is how we viewed it. But um, um, I suppose that's useful. Again, not 100% necessary. Like, you know, people can get plenty of protein um, in their regular diet, but it is something, you know, you can throw in your bag, you can throw in your gear bag. Um, it's something you can keep in your car if you're, you know, running between between things or you travel a lot. Um, so that they'd kind of be what I'd be working with the most part um, and I think are the most kind of effective for bang for buck, I suppose. Um, I suppose looking on that, if there's people out there listening who are involved in elite uh, teams, to to be mindful of going with um, informed sports and WADA approved um, approved supplements and stuff like that, just so you don't shoot yourself in the foot, because um, it is one hundred percent on on the athletes if if anything comes up in in your urine or whatever, so or in blood, so just to be aware of that too. Just for people, if they don't know, you you're talking about. Drug testing, right? Drug testing, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. No, that's right. Some, <laughs> pe- that up. <laughs> no, no, some people might not know informed sport or what water is. So, um, yeah, they're talking about in case you buy a supplement uh, and it's got something it shouldn't have because you always blame contamination, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's exactly. contaminated. Oh, it's the Mexican meat. Sure. But that's back on your ass. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, just beware that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is, but there's something in that Mexican meat. You know, they all. They all, they all, these people go off to Mexico for the summer and get absolutely jacked and come back and it's just something in the meat. Oh, that's it, pal. Something in that meat. <laughs> um, so, so I guess like talking about off-seasons, nice little segue, how, how, does, how do you change people's nutrition or what do you do for, in terms of advising them um, for their off-season nutrition? So do they just go away and just do what they want or do they kind of get given guidelines or are they still fully monitored? 
Yeah, so again, it depends on the team. It depends on the budget. Like, how have the team kind of taken you on board? Like, uh, it depends on the sports as well and the funding and all that jazz. But um, a lot of the time you might work with teams when they're just in season so you'd be looking to educate them then moving forward like um you know if someone has body composition goals like um particularly muscle mass and stuff obviously they're not running around the pitch as much and things like that so you're looking to kind of get them um in the proper mindset moving forward that they're doing enough resistance training that they're eating enough protein um so you're just looking to to prep the athletes make them aware like you know you're not in season you're not doing the same amount of work um in terms of you know exercise and things like that so you need to be mindful that needs to reflect in in what you're eating and 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 stuff like that but um so yeah so it really depends in terms of monitoring what what the budget is there and you know if you've got access to those to those athletes sometimes you find a lot of them might go off um go off um, and enjoy themselves on holidays and stuff like that which is important as well and um, so I suppose you're just you're trying to get into the head like you've really worked your arse off this season and you don't want to undo everything entirely obviously they're not going to come back in the shape that they left um, and that's okay and that's what pre-season and stuff is for but it's just been um, getting them into the headspace you know um, not to you know go the complete opposite way and and to so that um, you don't run into kind of uh, maybe some avoidable injuries and stuff like that when they return because they haven't been looking after themselves in any shape or form. Um, so yeah, so you just want them to kind of keep thinking um, about it and being being mindful of us to some degree. What, what I mean, what is the biggest uh, mistake? That's the right word. Do you see people kind of doing the off season? Is it coming back too heavy? Yeah, I think like I think sometimes people are like, oh, I'm free, and like they literally go ham. It's kind of like people at Christmas, like you know, it's like oh, it's Christmas. I should eat everything and drink everything I see and can inhale, um, you know, and you kind of go a bit too much. So it's kind of just not to go entirely like loose and revert to type almost, but like you know, just um, yes, it's important to enjoy yourself, but um, you know, you still need to. You are an elite athlete or you are an athlete and you, you do need to kind of look after yourself to some degree. Um, or you should do anyway. <laughs> mm. um, it's fine. Yeah, but most... Huh? No, sorry, go on. Okay. No, but yeah, it would just maybe be some people go ham. Or then you've got the other extreme where it's like people are um, mightn't even rest properly, which again, like rest is important too because depending on the sport... Uh, like your season can be extremely demanding. Like um, the guys can have very short turnovers between games um, and girls, obviously. Um, but so it's making sure that they, they do take that break also is important as well. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I was, doing, what I was just going to chip in with, just say like uh, it's a bit like that analogy or a circumstance, I suppose, a lot of us see in this industry of, people doing like long diets or dieting phase and stuff and then when it ends and the reins are off and just yeah. like all hell breaks loose because yeah. they're, they're no longer chained to either an external goal like you know they go on a holiday or a photo shoot like obviously what what we've recently done or something like that and all of a sudden yeah. it's like because even if you you have a plan afterwards so even if you have a, a like a post diet plan it's just so much harder for people to stick to because of a lot of stuff we've talked about previously around like increased 
um, obviously calorie consumption in terms of um, allowance. So obviously you might have a higher calorie yeah. allowance. That then brings in more food variety, which then often triggers off people's hunger ap- uh, levels and appetite. And mm-hmm. it can just be like a shit storm of, of anything. That's generally like the, eat like say, even when you've got a plan, it's so difficult for a lot of people to even still stick to that. Um, yeah. Because their, their mindset changes that. I'm no longer dieting and I'm now, <laughs> and you can hammer home to say, you're, yeah, but you still have these responsibilities, i.e. the things you've like yeah. talked about, like go away and enjoy yourself and you know, rest yeah. and recuperate, but remember you're an athlete and you need to come back. I wonder how many people just go, fuck this, I'm going on to my bear and getting smashed and end up just coming back about four stone heavier. But Yeah. I think routine as well, like losing your routine from mm. season and stuff can be massive, um, massive too. And um, it doesn't help with organisation and, you know, prep and stuff. They just, yeah. I said, when the rain's let loose, sometimes it doesn't bode well for everyone. <laughs> no, no. What's the first thing you do with the athletes when they come back onto season? Do you kind of sit down and have a chat with them? Do you assess, like, body composition? Or do you just try and give them a plan straight out to get uh, Yeah, so it depends on, again, what my time is with, with the team. But uh, you normally start doing body comps. Um, see where they're at and and then you know as a season progresses or um, you kind of see how how much they've improved or else that obviously highlights then you know where you need to go with someone um, you know you, usually at the start of season our pre-season time like um, you'll have kind of a distinct you know there'll be a distinct kind of groups uh, you have like your maintenance um muscle gain or weight loss um, and you kind of operate like a, a green light um, amber light and red light kind of system so you know who kind of needs the most work and who doesn't but start with uh, body comps again if, if resources there and that's what the management want you to do with the team um, and and yeah then I'd look to do one-to-ones and and go from there and there'll be some kind of information you can give out on a on a scale and for the whole team um, but but yeah you'll be looking to work with the lads uh, or the girls one-to-one as best you can just again so you're making changes that they can work within their own lifestyles, you know, so that you're getting um kind of um what you call results quicker and um your work with them and time with them is a lot more effective. Um but again that's not always the case. So um you know you mightn't have that that luxury of that much time with the team and then um or you might even be able to do body comp. So I suppose um it's trying to to support them as best you can, making them more like pre season as well. Um you know, you're looking to make sure that protein intake is even a little bit higher than normal um, just because they're getting back into training, which they haven't done for a while. So it's important that protein intake is, is even maybe a little bit higher just for the first couple of weeks of preseason. So again, even putting that, um, putting that to them, and even if that's one thing that you can you can help them focus in on you know that's uh, that's positive and um, just in terms of recovery and training adaptations and um, and whatnot so so yeah so it just it, it depends on kind of how much time you're given which you know can be a lot or as much as you like or else it's very very limited um it just it really just depends 
So you have to prioritize then. So obviously, if you've only a very short amount of time, you're looking to do something like make sure they know how to recover properly, like showing them as well, like things for face value. So I like this is what you're looking to achieve from protein uh, intake. Um, and this is what this looks like in food. Um, so it's very, very comprehensible. And um, and they know exactly what they need to do and how they go about it. Example, example days for maybe um, I don't know. You give them the average, like the average weight of the team, and um, so you're giving an example of a player like that, and you know what what things could look like for them, um, if you don't have the luxury of doing more one to one things and and body comp and stuff like that. Oh, I can't hear. No, me neither. It's me. I was on mute. Don't worry. Okay. I was fl- oh, yeah. I was flicking. <laughs> I was flicking. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I could see your mouth moving. I was like, um. that's that's a that's a Johnny Lewis move. That is shit. <laughs> um, no, sorry, my bad. It's just because I was flicking pages and I didn't want that to come off on the audio. Um, so I muted myself and forgot to unmute. Never mind. No, I was just saying. Um, you mentioned earlier that you sometimes lean on. Um, I suppose like uh, the hierarchy of teams, or I think it's or not hierarchy, but obviously like a leadership team within. I think you, there's oh, words yeah. used. Um, outside of the team so i guess in the the wider team so coaches etc like mm-hmm. h- h- um how does you kind of like your role sometimes fit in with them do you kind of get any issues with i don't know like as i say like i don't know the actual sports coaches rather than nutrition so obviously like tactical coaches or, or like t- other types of roles that you might get within team sports yeah like i, I have been so lucky like the Management teams I have been uh, a part of and I'm a part of, um, they've literally been a dream to work with, like uh, very much happy for me to do what I need to do. Um, they, like, they'll always have ideas, um, you know, whether that's about how things are managed or, um, you know, they might have had uh, nutritionists in before or someone looking after nutrition to some degree. Um, so there'll be like suggestions or things like that. And um, it's like that's I always welcome because sometimes when someone's trying to advise you on your job like it's very easy to kind of get your back up and be like what like what do you mean I'm here I do my like I'll do my job as I see I should do my job but like it's very important to kind of take things on board um you know if you don't agree with what uh or you don't think it's the best approach or most effective approach usually like people are very very open-minded and as long as you can explain like similar to the athletes as long as you can explain what you're doing and why you're doing it and why you think this might be the best moving forward um like any management i've worked with or i'm currently working with they've been very receptive to it um yeah so I think um, it's important, though, to be very, I like to kind of, some, well, as well, you have to kind of read the situation. Some some managers might not really, you know, they're happy enough to let you go and do what you need to do and they don't really want to know anymore. Like, they just want to focus on, on whatever it is that um, they, they're kind of in charge of, so to speak. Um, but... You know, it's kind of good to be really transparent to like let them know where where players are at and um and how they've progressed and um and things like that. You know, so to be very very open and keep communication. Like communication is so so important, um to make sure that everyone's on the same page and singing off the same hymn sheet. Um, even like as I said, like working closely with S and C to see, you know, the demands that the uh, lads, the girls are put through and and um. And kind of 
together and uh, they are your team so it's, you, we all kind of complement each other and um, if we if we work together so so yeah so i've been very very lucky no horror stories as as of yes Damn. i hope i won't have any <laughs> i was hoping you were gonna have something juicy but Bye. never mind nothing yeah. juicy over here everyone's been silent <laughs> So just kind of like to, to round it up a bit, I guess, so some of the things we've talked around in terms of um, actionable stuff for people that are listening to take away. So again, we're just going to assume that you, you're not an elite sport um, yeah. or that people obviously listening aren't necessarily in, in elite sports. Um, carbohydrate refueling, good thing. Yeah, yeah I think it's, yeah, I think it's good to keep carbs in and around training times. Like if you're, well, if you're maintenance, you have a little bit more leeway. But if you are looking to lose a bit of weight, you know, make sure you're going into training like you're feeling good, um, and and you know you're ready to train. Um, and I think yeah, getting some carbohydrates uh, in after training won't do any harm either. So kind of limiting, um, again, if you're on a on a uh, weight loss kind of um role to like limit uh, carbohydrates predominantly to uh pre and post training and um, I think is is a useful kind of te- technique it doesn't have to be the way to get your uh, tracking and stuff like that you definitely have a bit more leeway but if you just kind of want a general rule of thumb that might be one that might be useful and yeah. because um, I think the more you get from the training session the the better it's going to help with weight loss too yeah. you know? just uh, so people when it comes around oh sorry no you go it comes around to um, if you've got two games close together or two hard training sessions close together, definitely prioritising carbohydrates after recovery is going to be of benefit. Or a tournament, for example. Or definitely. A tournament between yeah. games. Um, even another situation too, like people don't like eating in the morning and sometimes people are training. You know, you might have, particularly at the weekend, you might have your team session might be first thing on a Sunday morning. Um, so even maybe it's a case there like, I don't really want to eat. I don't want to get up two or three hours like before I have to be at a ten a.m. session, which is fair. Um, so look into that. Maybe you're putting carbohydrates in the last meal before before bed, and you're fueling that way too. Is is a good kind of technique to use, um, or to to complement whatever light thing you're going to have in the morning. Um, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I suppose yeah, not maybe not as important if you don't have um, you know games close together whatever in terms of getting using your calories for uh carbs after training i'd definitely be focusing on protein in that instance um and that's really you know important for a recovery perspective and then yeah i suppose carbohydrates definitely pre-training um is is i think a good a good call to make Cool. And then we talked around making sure you get adequate sleep um and hydration yeah so yes you would you would you say they're kind of like the four fundamental things so obviously fueling recovery protein obviously sleep for recovery and hydration just for i guess performance i suppose yeah and, and how you think concentration like i know it sounds a bit dramatic but like um you know if you're going into a game dehydrated or a training session like you mightn't be making correct decisions and that could be something as easy like a crap pass or the wrong pass or else it's like making a stupid tackle and you're injured now or you know you've you've yeah. got a, a red card or whatever it is um, and that could just be lapse of concentration which can uh, stem from hydration which is something you know we all have thankfully access to water and stuff it's not you know it's something we can manage um and then sleep sleep yeah really important so looking you know i usually recommend um at least 
seven, seven and a half hours, you know, nine would be great, kind of that sort of um, range, um, if and when possible, um, and as often as you can. Now, I know that's not always the case, you know, people have busy lives, um, and it's important to, you know, you have to go about your business too, but, um, but yeah, as often as you can, I think it's cool. a good one to prioritise. Fran, you got any more questions? Uh, I think that was everything off of off of the questions that I had. Okay. Cool. Well, let's let's oh. let's move on to the fun ones. Oh. Come on, you've, <laughs> you've listened enough now to know that we like to ask some fun questions when we have a super guest on. So, what uh, what if you'd like to tell us is your favourite flexible food? So, obviously, by flexible, as you know, we mean junk. We don't mean yeah. boring chicken, broccoli, and rice. So. Yeah, no, that's okay. Although, yeah, no, uh, chocolate by far. I adore chocolate. Specific? In any shape or form. Any? Oh. Uh, d- uh, uh, like any, it kind of depends on my, I freaking love dairy milk Oreo bar. Oh, I love that. <laughs> or do, the dairy milk time is banging as well. <laughs> do, do, yeah, do you know what? Do you know what's actually brilliant? There for Easter, Cadbury did little Oreo tiny eggs. Yeah. Um, oh. So the same chocolate and tiny eggs, and actually, funny you say the dime one. They do the same in dime as well. Oh and I was all over that. Do you know uh, Milka do them too? <laughs> yes, yes, I do know yes. that. Um, we were talking about we were talking about Milka before we started recording because my um, second most popular Instagram post is a load of Milka bars, which included the Oreo one, so and the dime one. So um, anyway, but those eggs are brilliant because you can just get I think about fifty calories an egg, but you can get just get a few and just like suck them they melt and they are magnificent yeah so, um, yes um okay best burger joint you've been to oh uh i love the counter i don't know if you guys have that in england the counter the counter yeah no. you basically build your own burger so like you know you can get the burger as big or small as you kind of like and get it in a bowl or a bun whatever you think or and then they have like outrageous amounts of toppings you can choose from and sauces so like you literally because you know they sometimes you go in and you you just want a burger and you know exactly how you want it and they don't always you know have what you want to do it the way you like so um yeah i love the counter because it's it gives you full range of of how how you roll with your burger (laughs) Are, are you are you still in dublin Yes, yeah. Dublin, yeah. Uh, so far- I just got a new office, um, actually, so I'm moving to that this week, so I'm very, very excited. Okay. Farmer uh, Farmer Browns, have you been there? Farmer Browns? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a bit more towards the business district, but I couldn't, I'm not, I don't know, you have to Google it and just tell me um, how, how close it is or go, go, go look at it, but I went there when I was in Dublin and they were fantastic. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I need to get on this. I'm, you know, I do love a good burger. So yeah, they're really good. It's small, small little independent, but obviously small little independents tend to do them the best because they take yeah. some care, love, and attention on them. So sure, thanks for that. Give them, give them love that you're inviting me on. <laughs> <laughs> where's you in Dublin? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm trying to think where else I went when I uh, can't remember. That was just so good. Um, I'm, I'm taking that down now. We'll yeah. be on that. Yeah, there was an Auss- Aussie place a bit further down actually the road whatever road it was on um which was uh, quite good as well but i can't remember what it was called either but that's the barbecue um yeah it was an aussie barbecue yes yeah, so it might you... that's a called aussie barbecue no? oh is it okay 
<laughs> that, that makes sense. <laughs> right, I'm going to move on to the next question. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Doesn't have to be nutrition related. It just what, what, and it doesn't even have to be big. So, what's kind of like the, the or maybe most prominent bit of advice now? Because obviously, I appreciate it's putting you on the spot a little bit, maybe, but it's a big question. Uh, that it. Uh, for me, I guess, yeah, I don't know like, if I'm going to wear it exactly the way it's been put to me, but like, um, just not to ever, I don't know, never to settle for anything less than what you want. Um, I think that no, in all, everything that we do, you know, there's so, it's so easy to be like, oh shit, like I can't do this, like how could I ever, you know, possibly get to this position or this that and the other and we can put so many barriers up and that's kind of like you know it's a kind of a what you call a defense mechanism to an extent too because you know um oh that's another one I actually have you don't fail you only you learn mm -hmm. so that's another really important thing because I think fear of failure is like is you know it's really prominent and puts people off um, an awful lot but I do think like the way I look at everything is like someone has to do it so why can't it be me <laughs> so no matter what that is like that can stretch across anything and mm. um, but someone has to be in in a position whether it's work-wise or you know aspiring to a certain um you know position in sport or whatever it might be um like i just you know don't settle for anything anything less than what what you really what you really want it doesn't always work but you'll definitely find your feet a lot quicker and um, you know keep going keep going for god and not to be afraid of failure because mm. you are going to fail to some degree of whatever you do but like as long as you're learning from it and taking from it as to now i'm saying this so confidently and like i don't have any issues or anything like that i like you know every day is a new day for me i my business is only a year old like i'm still learning i'm definitely going to be failing at different aspects and areas of it but you know it's trying to not get bogged down by that and to see you know, learn from those things um, as best you can and just look to keep keep chugging along, I guess. Is there, um, is there a food that you think would be best to make a house out of? <laughs> well, solid. Yeah. Uh, mm, I don't know, chicken breast was the first thing that came into my head, but I don't think anyone wants to live in a house with chicken breast. Okay. Do you know what counts as gingerbread, right? Huh? Gingerbread. There is no right or wrong answer. There yeah. is, I uh, did think bread, but I was like, that would get soggy <laughs> up in Ireland. Well, we, we, we've actually had someone, I think, I don't know if it was John Sykes, he might have said bread. Did he? Yeah, I'm trying to think back to some answers now. We, uh, I think Alex said wet spaghetti, as in Ed's better half. It's like, right, okay. <laughs> then I think it then got clawed back, said no, dry, dry. I was like, well... Surely, <laughs> Martin said pick a mix. Clearly, um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I think John said bread. No gingerbread. No, he said bread, not gingerbread. Because oh. to be honest, Fran, with you, I, I love gingerbread, and I would yeah. make a house out of gingerbread. But then there's also <laughs> loads of other foods. But yeah, so what, do you think yeah. chocolate? Chocolate house? Oh my god, I'd actually freaking love chocolate house. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it, although it wouldn't stay as a house for very long. I was going to say, <laughs> it's purely your rationale because you just like chocolate. Yeah. yeah. Solid. <laughs> okay. Well, it also melt in the rain, or, or warm summer weather. So. Yeah, it's true. Maybe yeah. I'll go back to the chicken. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not, that, yeah, yeah. I don't even like the thought of that, if I'm honest. I know it's actually vile. The yeah. whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Last question. Um, no. Would you rather be attacked by one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? One horse-sized duck, definitely. Why? Because I feel like I won't be too um, like agile. So, and it's one thing to focus on. Do you get me? Mm. So you don't have loads of little things coming left, right, and centre. So I think one big one, one big target. See how I go with that. <laughs> Good answer. Cool. No, that's that's the right one. There's no right or wrong answer, but that's the right one. So well done. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I've accomplished something today. Yeah, that's the that's the most that's the best part of any any podcast episode we ever do is that final question and when someone gets the answer right even though there's no right or wrong answer but um yeah uh, i just want to say a big thank you for coming on and again my sincerest apologies for being so shit at organizing it but uh we got you on and uh it was great so um hopefully it'll be some really cool takeaways for the people listening um and at first like really cool to hear you talk about because obviously it's not something that i've really had any exposure to in terms of like team sports and stuff because it's not something i well, we do, we do or, or whatever so it's been quite cool to chat about that because it's really interesting yeah thanks well, very much guys it's been uh, a pleasure do you want you <laughs> yeah no definitely and obviously we'll, we'll obviously see you in person again soon hopefully but um, yeah. do you want to take uh, or do a shout out for anything you want to either like your socials or anything you want to plug yeah deadly so um, my website's nutricate.com um, so you can kind of get a little bit of a feel for you know, more about me, I guess, and what I do. Um, and then I've got um, an Instagram account, so that's Kate McDade, so M-C-D-A-I-D underscore Nutricate. Um, they're kind of the two, well, Instagram is the only kind of social media I'm really running. Oh, I have a Facebook page, actually. I should probably throw that out there. <laughs> um, so that's just Nutricate. Um, so, yeah, so you'll find me there. And, yeah, N- thanks N- very much. <laughs> Nutricate, spell N-U-T-R-I-K-A-T-E, yeah? Yes, that's cool. it. That's Just make sure people, I'm sure people will be able to spell it, but you never know. Just for a check. Yeah, you never know. Cool. Well, um, again, big thank you. So, um, yeah, obviously we'll, we'll see you again soon. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.